0: I'm back. I'm here with my audio blog about my journey with my mother through hospice and assisted living. And uh it's been, it's been a few days since I've been on. Things of you know, it's the fourth of July holiday. I guess as a caregiver, if you can, you should take a break. It isn't that you stop thinking about what's happening, but you kind of take, you take a break, you take, I I think I took a mental break from worrying every second, but, or thinking about it, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I, should I be there with, just all the thoughts that caregivers have, is she getting, you know, is is my mother getting everything she needs? So today, yesterday it started and today I woke up and I could feel that anxiety starting from my feet and moving up. Uh, I called this morning to find out how she was doing. I called the office, you know, the facility and talked to Ted, the law manager, for, who my mother adores. Uh, and he said, well, she hasn't changed, but she is sleeping more and eating less and going back and less, which to me are all signs that the process continues, which I knew. Uh, you know, you have a moment when things are on a steady plane for a while. Well, maybe this is going to go on for a long time. Maybe she'll outlive you know, the six months of hospice. But, you know, call it, well, when I talk to people, I realize that, you know, it's actually not going to happen. Uh, so then right after that, I got a call from Tina, her you know, care person. And Tina said she's just even sleeping more. Um, she can be roused, but she doesn't want to be roused. My brother's coming, is going to be there today, and my brother is is not someone who can make decisions, or he doesn't have the capacity to make decisions. And he gets very panicked very quickly, and so, I. but they had a very close relationship. She actually, they used to talk every day, and when she had the stroke, that didn't happen. That's been hard on him. But he will be there, and then I go in a few days, and you know, today, like this is what happens. You're hoping, I'm hoping that
1: she'll make it
0: till Saturday. I have to be at peace that if she hasn't, you know, or Tina, someone will call me if if something, you know, if she starts to really be in the absolute last stages of dying, and there are sometimes there are very specific signs. Um, for instance, you know the Her body starts to shut down, and so blood doesn't—you know—the really the feet start to the extremities start to get this sort of bluish tinge because the oxygen and the blood isn't getting circulating there as much or at all, and the breathing can change. So you know, I wait for those. I'm hoping, but I just—you don't know when you're not there. Someone will actually call you and let you know because it can happen very fast. So that's where we are right now in the process, and it's a difficult process, and I was thinking, oh, should I go? And, you know, I was encouraged to wait till the till Saturday, and that's where I'm going. That's four days away. I'll see day-to-day now if I have to go. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult, but, you know, you go if you have to go. And... You know, I think that there's a very, there's a process in what I'm going to do to get some more information. For me, it's all about information. and filtering it as what I know, my experiences with people who are dying, and just intellectually and emotionally what I need to do. You know, I'm going to call the hospice doctor, and I'm going to ask her, okay, what's going on? What's happening? You know, and, and from the hospice nurse, I always get the feedback, well her vitals are are okay. Well, that doesn't mean anything because the vitals may be okay up until the last hour before somebody dies. You know, the blood pressure doesn't indicate unless you have a serious cardiac problem,
1: which my mother doesn't have.
0: Um, They can be, like I said, stable until the very, you know, last few hours of life. So I kind of like, Maybe we shouldn't even take the vitals because they're just a false information for you and you seem to be put a lot of, you know, weight that death isn't imminent or coming because the vitals are fine. The vitals are fine, but the patient dies. That's kind of the way it is. And that's the way you have to think about it because really death has its own rhythm and it doesn't really care what your vitals are. When it wants to stop, it just, I think it just stops, you know, heart stops okay, the vials are no longer good, you know. And um, so, so I think, you know, things are prepared. That's what you have to deal with, too, is when you see this coming as someone who's, you know, overall in charge. And, you know, I'm sort of, I am in charge. I have to oversee not just my mother but my brother, too. So my mother, you know, one of the hardest things I did was have to talk to the female home. I think that's where, and I think I mentioned that that's where my breath got caught. And I think just to let people know, you should get that taken care of. Know where your where your loved ones going to go at at death. You know what what the funeral home and make the arrangements ahead of time, because then you know that's taken care of for, for if you're not there, or or if. You know, if you're in absolute shock, someone else can say, "Well, you've set this up," and then I think that's really critical to have that done. And but that I think is the hardest thing because you realize the finality of it, and and it it it's still even when I talk about it, I can feel that catch in my chest, that that sense of of finality. And I think in the last realizing that it's really getting you know it it's really getting close, and I've been able to talk about it, but as it gets close, you you begin the memories kind of begin to flood into your brain, um, you know, events that you haven't remembered, those moments, you know, with with your your loved one, those special moments, and not so special moments, but you know, the forgiveness or the love, you know, that they're you know, that the hard times or the, the the not so wonderful times kind of they go away, or they 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 melt a bit. Let's put it that way. And there's less attention. And they all get mixed in this pot of love, which, you know, is neutral. And I think that's what's happened. But it's, you know, it's hard not to feel that brewing emotion. You know, today I had the moment where I thought about, well, you know, my mother is going to, you know, I'm not going to even... She's going to die soon. Her life is going to be over. And I think I, I stopped in my tracks and I said, oh. I mean, I know I knew intellectually, but it sort of hit me that, you know, and it's been this process because of the stroke. It kind of began with that because she no longer was the same person, which I talked about. But I find myself, I still find myself. We to talk a couple times a week on the phone. And I still find myself, you know, not reaching for the phone but thinking, oh, wouldn't it be nice to call her to have those conversations? And even though a lot of times we didn't say anything, but sometimes the consistency of it, you know, the years of it, the, you know, sometimes we would have long conversations. Sometimes I would get annoyed and say, okay, I'm done, you know, I got to go now. But um, they were always there. So I think... You know, it becomes difficult as you, as a caregiver. So that's why it's important sometimes to take a mental break if you have to do it. Um, you know, my mother and I had a full life uh, together and up and down, but we had it, and we we kept, you know, we we were mother and daughter, and and so. So I know that was a, good, you know. So I'm 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 respecting that I'm respecting our relationship. And I think one thing that I've come to realize too that I've been very grateful for there I I have my mother was dearly loved or is still dearly loved by uh, her uh, her family which was my father's brothers and sisters and my cousins and just she always um, was there for them she loved them she adored them adored. And they've been, you know, they've been very supportive of me. You know, even though I haven't really been in and out, I haven't kept in good touch with them over the years. I've always, you know, when I was younger, we spent a lot of time together. But when I turned 18 and went on with my life and did, you know, I kind of didn't have a lot of communication Mm -hmm. for a long time. I kept up through my mother, but I didn't see people. But you know, my then and they've been there for me that I can feel their pain and suffering and so I've been really lucky in that I've had a supportive you know, a supportive family. Um, my you know, I just wanna you know, my Uncle Dick and my Aunt Jeanette and Aunt Carolyn and Uncle Bill. They, you know, I can call them anytime, and it's like I just talked to them yesterday, and that's really been great. And all my friends who have been there, and, and and just lovingly allowing me to be, you know, sometimes crazy, sometimes super anxious and hyper, and just being steady rocks, and that's been a great help. And so I encourage people who to to read. You know, to let your friends be out to you, you don't always have to be appreciative at the time, which I think sometimes I haven't been, but, you know, they're, your family and friends are always going to be there. And, you know, my cousins have supported, love my mother dearly, um, and they write to me. And I think these blogs have helped them to keep up with her. Um and you know, it's really important that I communicate as, as best I can and let them know. So so it's very important to to find ways to be set before your own support during this process. And I'm feeling a little sad today I imagine. I don't know why. I think it's because I really it really hit me that we're really we're really heading towards the finish line now. We are you know we've been doing this marathon, and it's it's imminent imminent in that, not tomorrow, but you know she's she's begun her journey, whatever that journey is as I said before, we have no point of reference as to what that is or how that works. um we can look at this outside symptoms of, like I said, sleeping and not eating, and you know sort of letting our body take take command um and her wish is that she just go. So I'm not, you know, we're not giving her feeding to, we keeping her alive. But, you know, the end, the finish line is, or the end, and we just, nobody knows when that can be. You know, we have all these symptoms where so people can hang on for a while. But my mother's actually been doing this now for two, for a good three weeks. She's been... More and now it's more than I mean sleeping is most of the day and so it's the signs are there and I think people are trying to put a good face on a facility but I think it's actually hard for them because my mom is my mother is very loved is very loved by everyone and it's it's difficult. It's difficult for the residents and it's difficult for friends. She had a lot of friends friends who live on the floor now. And it's it's difficult for everyone. So I look forward to going there and seeing with my own eyes. I, I, I think she'll probably hold on. And if she doesn't, I'll, I'll have, you know, I've said my goodbyes to her. Uh, so I'm good with what happens. I'll be sad either way, whether I'm there or whether I'm not. The good news is my brother will be there, and so a family member will be there with me. Okay, so everyone, thank you for listening. I certainly appreciate that you listen, and that you, I hope this is helping you, and please enjoy your day.